and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. I'm Annie Lobert, founder of Hookers for Jesus. And today, as you can see, we are in the studio in the pink chair. However, because of COVID-19, we're doing a special Zoom call with a very dear and close friend of mine. I've known this young lady for, oh my gosh, I don't know, eight years or so. And she's just amazing. I cannot wait for you to hear her story of redemption. Her name's Jasmine Holcomb. Jasmine! Hey, girl! Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. I mean, there, but with us. You're with us. It's such an honor. I know, it's an honor to have you on here. And you know, I wanted you, you were on my list from the very beginning because I've always wanted to have you share your story. And of course, in this format, it's even better because now it's television. So... Uh, many people don't really know who you are, and I, I just have such a, a beautiful space in my heart for you because of what I've seen you go through in your life, and the time that I got to spend with you, like the year that you were with us, it was just amazing, and you blessed me so much, and our staff that I just was like, I have to stay in touch with this girl, so can you tell people just a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm Jasmine. Um, first and foremost, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Oh my God! And <laughs> I'm a I'm a mom. I'm a new mom. Congratulations! Um, thank you. I'm learning to navigate motherhood and just learning to live my life. So, what are you doing right now? Like, I I know that you're you just started this testimony blog on Facebook. What's it called? It's called Shulamite Song, and I actually got it from the Song of Solomon. Um, the bride is a Shulamite, and it's um, just my personal blog of what I feel the Lord is speaking to me and what I feel like he wants the bride, the church, to know. Right, and you are a beautiful bride, girl. Let me tell you that right now. You're gorgeous in Jesus. and. Can you tell people just like your background? Because you have such an amazing story and you've been through so much in your life. And I cannot believe that you've made it this far as strong as you are. It's like incredible. Well, yeah, it's definitely not my strength, but um, I was born into a broken, a very broken family. Uh, my dad is serving life in prison. Um, wow. My mom. Um, so you never saw your daddy? You never saw your daddy growing up, really? I've never met my dad, ever. I've talked to him on the phone. I've written him letters, but I do not know him personally. Like, I've never seen him. Wow. Um, yes. And my mom, she's a wonderful lady. Growing up, when I was growing up, she had, she was going through her own um, hurt and her own trauma that she had to deal with from her childhood. So it kind of um, poured onto me, and um, I was trafficked at 16. I met two pimps at a mall in Portland, Oregon. So you were just going shopping. You guys need to listen to this um, out here. You got you were just going actually, shopping. I was I was I was a runaway. I was okay. on the run from my foster home, and. Um, the mall was closing, me and my foster sister, we didn't really have anywhere to go. And we were outside waiting for the train, the city train to get on and go somewhere. 
and um, we met two men, and um, they invited us home with them to party, and we just never went home the next day. Oh my gosh! So, they, like, who were these men? Like, what did they look like? I mean, what what were they doing? Like, were they just hanging um, out? I mean, what who who were they? They they were predators. You know, we were, I was 16, my foster sister, she was only 14. They were in their mid-20s at that time. They were gang members. Um, they had my, the one that ended up being my pimp, he had gotten shot in the back with the shotgun. They were like really, wow. they were more grimy, kind of gorilla pimpy. Um kind of pimps. Okay, and so stop for a second because I don't know if our public even knows what that means. What does that mean to be a pimp and then a gorilla pimp? Um, a pimp is somebody who exploits women, children, even men. Um, Sex traffickers, right? Yeah, traffickers. And gorilla pimps are more the more heavy-handed, abusive kind of pimps. So maybe like guerrilla tactics like guns and beatings and threats. Yeah, it's a lot of fear, fear-based um, right. intimidation and coercion. And, and like if you leave me, I'll kill you. That's There's right. guns around. Yep. Um, very violent. Stalking. I remember I puked because of my nerves so bad and I got yelled at. I got hit for puking because my nerves, like they, they were crazy. Wow, that you know what, Jasmine? I, I I just feel for you on that because when I when I was first with my first trafficker, I didn't eat very much because I, my nerves were on edge. So I had lost a lot of weight, and people would ask me, "Are you on drugs?" I wasn't on any drugs in the beginning. I was like a hundred pounds when I was with my pimp because I just didn't eat. I starved myself because I didn't have an appetite. Right. All I was focused on was making money to make him happy. So how did right. it happen? They brought you with them. Where, where did you guys go? We went back to their apartment. Um, and we like got drunk, smoked some weed that night. And then the next morning, um, I was like ready to go. Like, I was going to just move on. But um, they had already gotten the girl I was with drunk. And um, she comes out of the room and she's like, we're going to make some money. We're going to, they're going to teach us how to make money. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> then, um, I mean, did you know what that meant when she said that? Were you like, whoa, no, we're um, not. I kind of knew because in my area, um, a lot of the girls had already been sex trafficked. Like, it was something that was a cultural norm um, right. where I'm from, in the neighborhood I'm from. And where are you from? Um, Portland, Oregon, okay. St. John's. Very true about that. Very true. <laughs> yes. So anyone listening um, from Portland right now, pay attention. Huh. Yeah. No, and they have a big um, sex trafficking task force in Oregon, and I've had the privilege of working with them, so... They, uh, they're getting it under control. You know. Wow. So you were, you, you like your girlfriend walks out, we're going to make some money. And you're like, uh, no, we're not. So then yeah, what I'm happened? Like, no way. <laughs> and then, um, they called this other girl over who was at the bottom and 
Okay, stop. Bottom, bottom girl. <laughs> What's a bottom girl? The bottom is somebody, uh, is the girl who is the pimp's right hand. So she's basically collecting the money, teaching the girls what to do, she keeping you in line, um, that kind of thing. She, she's the snitch. Like, she'll snitch on, if you do anything bad, she'll snitch to the pimp. Uh, yo, she's right. trying to run. Yo, she's trying to stash money. And, and But she's also the one that probably is in love with her trafficker the most. That's yeah. I was a bottom the girl, so I know. Right. Yes. And and also believes believes she has a status somewhere in, with the pimp, which you really don't. But right, because that's not real love. Yo, it's not. You're you're just the manager, and even though you know you could be charged with that, Jasmine nowadays with being tra- a trafficker. And I right. didn't even realize that, but I never took a dollar from any of the ladies that was with my pimp and underage girls that was with him because it scared me. But so you you said that the bottom, what was the bottom girl doing? She, they called her over and then, um, that's when I realized we weren't, we were really not going to leave. Um, because they kind of blocked the exits. Like it was, they kind of like cornered us into this apartment and then she told us what we were going to do, and we went out. This was when the track was still one of the biggest things. The Internet was just kind of emerging. Yes. The Craigslist TNA kind of thing was just coming out. So they brought us out to the track. And some people don't know what track is. This is television, so tell them what a track is. <laughs> a track is um, an area in the city where um, prostitution is well-known Trafficking. So the girls would go out and walk, yes, and then the buyers, Johns, the yes, buyers, they yep. will come and pick you up, and they'll and they'll have you jump in their car or go drive you to a hotel or motel or right. to a random alley or to a house, and then right. you're supposed to turn a trick, which sex for sale, right, and right. hopefully wear protection, right. Right. And so they brought you to the track. And what did you do? Like, were you freaking out inside your mind? Were you like, it is what it is? Yeah, kind of like, I was scared. I was scared. Aww. Because I, you know, you just have the worst scenarios running through your head, as you should in that life, you know? And, like, I'm 16, so a sophomore in high school. And just... Yeah, I was scared. I'll never forget my first trip. Ever. Did it make you want to run away from them as well? Were you? Were, oh yes. But you were too afraid. Yes, but I was scared. I right. was so scared. I, um, I was only with them for a couple weeks actually because I did get picked up by the police. Thankfully, um, but by that time, um, I like come from serious poverty. Like, in eighth grade, I was sleeping in a tent. Like, I come from serious, like, hungry. No, I didn't have any other way to make money. I didn't know. And I never saw anybody else make money at that point, legally. Um, So at that point, the, the bad seed was already in my mind. Now I knew how to manipulate my body to make money. Right. 
And you know, Jazzy, I'm getting teary-eyed because I look at you and you're so beautiful and you still look like a little girl. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm getting angry right now because I'm thinking about people taking advantage of you and I get really hyphy because it's not right. You know, your, right. In, your no. innocence. And yes, I understand you figured out how to do it, but out of survival. You know? Right, exactly. So, so then... And it's... Go ahead. For sex trafficking, I feel like um, pimps know who to look for the most vulnerable, especially the underage girls, you right. know, like... So basically, I had been groomed my whole life. From childhood trauma, I was groomed into this lifestyle. And these predators, they can smell out, you know, the scent of, like, insecurity. Yeah, they empty, they, they see, like, the black hole in our hearts. It's like they can see it. It's like a magnet to them. Oh, she's got right. a black hole in her heart. Let me go to her. I'll fill it up for her. So exactly. how, did, how did you get, you got away from those guys, and then what happened after that? Um... I was placed in a lot of different, um, like, group homes because I was in foster care at this time. I was put in a lot of different group homes, and then I just ended up running away and meeting another pimp, (laughs) you know? So it took me years to come out of the sex trafficking. Instinctively, you're looking for a dad when it comes down to it, Jazzy. They were all in their... Mid twenties to thirties at that time. You just wanted someone to probably love you. Yeah, and they played on my need for community and security and food. Like they they knew what I needed, and they gave me a false version of it. Right, and they they exploited your your need for for food, shelter, clothing, maybe nice right. things, maybe a hug and a kiss once in a while. You know, you know, having sex maybe made you feel comforted with them. I don't know. That's what I did with mine. But yeah. that's just really, really hard. And then how, so how long were you trafficked for about how many years? Um, I would say I didn't break free till Destiny House, really, of the mindset. Right. So seven years. Wow. What year did I meet you? I can't remember, but I know you came into Destiny House. I heard your story. I met you all over the over a video chat. On, I think it's Skype, and I was like, I love her. She's gonna do good. I just felt this vibe that you would you would it would do something good for you to come to Destiny House. And, yeah, uh, and that was that was a pivotal moment in my life. I really I got to spend the time I needed to heal and to to really get into the relationship with the Lord that I have now. And, and like, you you and went for it. My word. No, you went for it. I remember you really blessed me. Like just your hunger for God and the and reading the Bible and worshiping and you just really did so well. Um, I remember you before you came, you said, Annie, what am I going to do? I mean, the tracks, right. It's a block away from here. And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, we got to get you to Destiny House. I felt so panicked in my heart when you said that. I was like, oh, my gosh, not that I would, you know, just accept anyone that says that. But like there was something really special about you. You know, there's an application process and everything. And and so, I, I mean, you became a woman of God, not that you weren't before. But God had already called you to that since you were born in your mother's womb. 
And I remember you saying Shulamite song, you were going to use that. And so now that's what you're doing on Facebook, which is amazing. And so you got out of trafficking, obviously, and you became a mom. I'm a mom, yes. (laughs) I was an advocate for a little while with um, commercially sexually exploited children. Um, So I am doing my best to give back to the community and um, take these babies out of this horrible lifestyle. And I see you online talking to a bunch of survivors that are struggling. You're always encouraging them. You have a bunch of survivor friends on your Facebook and God's using you, girl. So can you tell me what what was like that pivotal moment? Like, were you just kind of in your mind, in your heart, just said, Jesus, you can just have everything. That's it. Um, the pivotal moment. I remember, honestly, um, I had a trick on top of me. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I had a trick on top of me, and I just knew at that moment that there was so much more to life than what I was settling for. Right. You know, and um, it was just that, like, nothing was filling that void. No drug, no man, nothing could fill that void. Um, So you had that pivotal pivotal moment, and... It's like, I remember you sharing that before. Like, what is life? Because listen, why, why would life be great if you're getting paid to have sex? Why would life be great if you're, you're, you know, in a gilded, it's what I like to say, a gilded prison, gold bars, you have everything you want, but you can't do anything you want. Right. That's, that's what trafficking's like. Am I right or wrong? No, seriously. It's like, it's like all this glitz and glamour, but, um, yeah, you're trapped. Like, you're not happy. Every day that goes by, you're just getting more down and depressed, you know, because you're selling yourself short. Like, we're priceless. Right. I don't care if you charged $100, $100,000. There is not a price tag you could put on your life. Yeah. And, no. and ha- having a child now, being a mother, what does that make you realize even on a deeper level? Um, the need for family and um, how our your how we raise our children, even the emotional support that our children need, you know, yes. and just raising them up in the way they should go so they will never depart from it. Yep. You know, I think our children is the best investment that we could invest in. It's not business. It's not anything else. You know, no, our I family mean, is I our mean, first ministry. Totally. <laughs> now, now it's funny that you say it, this isn't business, baby, because I remember I remember being on calls and people might not understand what this means. But and and the the, the guy that was purchasing me was like, well, I'm falling in love with you. And I would be like, Psh. Well, you're an idiot because this is strictly business and I need your money. I don't fall in love. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> so if At anyone that doesn't time, understand. We didn't have hearts. No. Our hearts were stoned. Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's what happens because you get so numb to the way you're being treated that you become that robotic type of 
doll where you're just like doing whatever the but you press the button. Hi, right. my name's my name's Fallon. How can I help right. you today? It's like total no. disassociation. Yeah, like you're not even in the moment. You and, know? and and you might even think that you know the complex trauma that you were experienced as a child by not having your dad around, because even even that even if your mom wasn't abusive towards you, if your dad's just not there, Jazzy, um, sometimes children can feel this sense of abandonment, and it can actually cause. Not, it's not all children, but a lot of the children. I don't know what the percentage is. It can cause this deep sense of need inside of you that you need to experience that you're going to search and search and search and you'll never find it because you never had the chance to experience. So you always wonder. I mean, sometimes I feel like we we go into the sex industry because we're looking for that love. And really what ends up happening is you end up getting the love of the devil. And that is so demonic. It's not real. It's the it's a counterfeit. Could you say that that is a counterfeit love? Oh, it definitely is a counterfeit love. I it's not even love at all. You know, like real love is someone who would lay down their life for you. It's not you giving your body to make somebody else happy. Right. You know. And what is real you- love is somebody giving what they have for you. What did Jesus do with for you? He has redeemed me. He's made me whole. I'm not looking for any other kind of love, honestly. I, the purest form of love I have ever received is from Jesus. And I looked in every man I came across, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't there. It wasn't there. You know, know, there is a perfect man. His name's Jesus, right? And I know some of you are watching right now going, these ladies are nuts. (laughs) Well, until you actually experience what we're talking about, audience, you might think we're nuts. But Jasmine, can you share like your favorite scripture and what it means to you? Well, I have so many, (laughs) but the one that has... (laughs) The one that has been on my heart is in Isaiah. Forgive me, I don't know the right address. It's okay. But it says, um, you were sold for nothing, but without money you will be redeemed. Because you (laughs) are priceless. (laughs) Yes. There is no, like, I don't care what the price tag on your body was. It is nothing compared to your value, to your real value. And how we're redeemed is through the love of Jesus, yeah. you know? And he's the man that will lay down everything he has for you. Even just for the one, he would lay down his life. Yeah, you know? it, it says in the Bible that that even if there's 99 sheep lost, and if there's just one that's away from that, and he finds the 99, he'll go take the one and look for them. Until he yes. finds it. And I feel like he's done that for you. And I'm just so thankful for your witness, Jasmine. And I just see such great things coming for you. It's overwhelming. Like you have such an amazing story. But not only that, the witness that you carry inside your heart for what he's done is very, 
very holy and courageous and you're just full of light. Like I asked you earlier, are you wearing makeup? And she's like, you guys listen, she's like, I'm just wearing mascara. I'm like, what? She's like, well, I mean, it's the, the glow of the Lord. What did you say? I said it's the glory of the Lord. The glory. Yeah, the glory but is. It's, he's everything, literally, in like the living water. You know, when you drink water, your skin it just glows. Yeah. And that's who he is. It's like the, the best collagen water. water. Yeah. I mean, it totally. So, again, tell us how we can get in touch with you. How, if someone wants to contact you, if they want help or advice or prayer, wh- how would they contact you? You can contact me on Shulamite Song. And also you can look up my name on Facebook and I'll gladly message you back. Because Jasmine, because you have, because um, why? I just feel led to share this. Um, when you asked me onto your show, um, The Lord gave me a word and he told me that there was going to be a girl watching this television show and she is in her room, her hotel room, and it's really late at night and you are the one that the Lord is calling home. That this story isn't just for me, it's not just for Annie, it's for you. This life, this love and this glow is for you. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm 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 getting really teary-eyed and and she's she's right. Young lady, you're you're by yourself and you're sitting there on that bed and you're thinking you have nothing. But you have everything in Jesus. And all you have to do is cry out his name and he'll be right there. And He's going to open I, the doors. That's right. And I pray right now. We pray right now. We agree that, Lord, you know her heart. And it even could be a he. You know their heart. Lord, we ask you to meet them right where they're at. Lord, show them the truth of who you are and how much you love them. And that you died. If it would just been for them, it would just been for them. And that your blood covers every single thing they've done wrong. And that you have a plan for their life in Jesus' name. Girl, I love you, Jazzy, so much, honey. We're over. We're over on our time. We have to go, but you have to come back on because yes. you have so much to give. And I just want to bless you. And I thank you so much for being on Pink Chair today. And I love you. And we'll talk to you I soon. I love you. Hi, friends. It's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair. And I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here? The peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. I'm Nikki, I'm the Education Outreach Coordinator. Um, I've seen girls come in here and just broken, just in need of something. And we give them a gift box when they first arrive, and then the look on their face, because their trafficker has taken everything from them, the look on their face is just amazing and precious. And just watching them grow in Christ throughout their journey here is incredible. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly? 
or just send us a one-time donation, just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.